This is Paul. This is Matt. We are bridging the gap. How's it going, everyone? Good. Good, good. How you doing, Matt? Oh, I'm doing good, man. A lot going on in the world. Too much. <laughs> I honestly, I don't even know where to start. I don't know, I don't know where I don't to know start, either. man. I'm, I'm just perplexed at what's going on in the world today. And uh, just flabbergasted, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for lack it's... of a better word. <laughs> It, and it seems like a lot, but if you do read history, it's like we're, it's not that much different. And statistically speaking, we are in more of a peaceful time than we've ever been in. If we look at the grand scheme of things, yes. But, but for us little coddled Western society folk, it is just blowing our minds. And it's definitely sign signs of things to come. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. What would you like to get into first? The, the um, Portland and yeah, let's get into Kenosha that. Stuff. Let's get into yeah. that because that's that seems to be the hot topic, you know, of today and all the riots, the protesting, um, multiple people murdered at these protests. Yeah, on both sides. Both too. sides. Um, Tim Pool was saying since George Floyd's murder, there's been over 32 people murdered at protest. That is wild. It's it's crazy. That you know, is absolutely a sign of, of a civil war to come if we're not already in one. Exactly, you know? exactly. We've just lost our moral compass, um, and we just don't look at each other as humans anymore. You know, We're at a war against each other. And, yeah. and how do we combat this? How do we fight against this? I don't know. I've been, I've been trying to wrap my mind around this for months, and I, I honestly don't know what the answer is. Yeah, and it seems like we're almost in more of a mental, psychological civil war than anything. Yeah. Because day to day, when I when I scroll those social media posts, I'm just having a war in my head. Like, what is right? What isn't right? I can see the truth in this. I can see the truth in that. And I think that might be the most de- detrimental thing to the health of the country and of the world is us trying to figure out where our moral compass is. Yes. I think what people want, truly, they just want to believe in something. And if it doesn't fit their narrative and it gets uncomfortable, then they let, they start acting out. They start lashing out. Um, truth has less to do with comfort, and it's more just about reality. And that reality isn't what people are comfortable with. We're not comfortable having those conversations or looking at it from that perspective. So it challenges our thinking, and that cause and that takes work. You know what I mean? To yeah. challenge your thinking, challenge what you've been grown up to think your whole life. You know what I mean? That's that is a challenge. You know, and that's something I've struggled with over the last couple of years, um, because I know when like uh, Michael Brown first got shot, I was like thinking that the cop was wrong and believing uh, Michael Brown was this yeah. benevolent human being you know what i mean but um you know i was quite wrong about that 
you know, and there's still a lot of question marks about uh, what happened there, but we know that he wasn't a saint. And none of us are. And years later, we're finding multiple stories like this, and the same story over and over, and there's still no answer. Who's wrong? Who's right? You know? Exactly. And I think you said, you know, like, truth isn't uncomfortable, but truth is looking at the whole picture and, you know, actually not just picking a side and devoting everything to it, but looking at all the questions and examining all the possible answers. And that's where it really gets uncomfortable. But a lot of people these days, they're going into a comfort movement. It's either completely right-leaning, like QAnon or just like <laughs> Trump's going to save the world. That's a comfort movement. Even yes, though it is. The conspiracy culture right now calls it the truth movement. But as James True has very intelligently pointed out recently, the truth movement is a comfort movement. And I totally find that true with, you know, all my digging over the years that like just accepting this one ideological way of thinking mm-hmm. makes me feel like all warm and fuzzy it inside. does absolutely just being a victim of the system it, it, it feels takes good. it takes the responsibility off of you it does it does you're it's right it's like how some christians view things like we just put everything on god and we kind of abandon our own accountability and our our own morality to god and the church and i think that can be dangerous if we're not you know, it is, it is seated. It is very dangerous. It is dangerous to have that mindset. How do we get people to think, you know, more rational and question their beliefs? That's that's the struggle, and that's where you know we need to bridge the gap. <laughs> like throwing that in there. I'm gonna say that in every and, episode and, and challenge people. You know what I mean? Um, do you want to talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse? I do. Yeah. That, issue. I mean, do you have one. some information about that? Yeah, I mean, I'll just start by saying I think there was absolute wrong on both sides, but I thought it was hilarious. I read up a 4chan piece today that I thought was hysterical and not exactly right, but it it is pretty interesting. Like, this whole thing was like an act of God because the three people that he shot I believe it was only three, but one of them was a pedophile that got shot in the dick. Wow. One of them was a burglar in the past, and he got shot in the arm, which is what you use to take things from other people. Yep. And the other one had uh, punched someone in the chest or something like that. And he, uh, or no, he had choked someone Okay. in the past. And then they were shot in the lungs. They all had criminal history. Yeah, but think about it. It's like the arm gets taken off, the, the <laughs> penis gets taken off, and then the lungs get damaged. I thought that was interesting, and they're calling him a saint. But, you know, then there's video of him participating in a fight and, like, actually hitting a woman and stuff. And that's fully debated on who's at fault for that, but he's no saint. Right. And was he supposed to 
like, is it moral for him to have gone out there kind of looking to hunt down people, even though I know he was also trying to aid some people who were injured there and mm -hmm. had done that, and he was trying to protect a business, but, like, is that the right thing to do for a 17-year-old who doesn't have the judgment yet to call those shots? Absolutely. I think he was trying to be a hero, but you're not fully equipped to be a hero when your mom drops you off 30 minutes away with a <laughs> freaking rifle. Yeah. You know? I, I think they're both, they're all in the wrong. Yeah. Is but it, it was a scary thing, man. Is it that people are, are bored or they have nothing better to do? They just want to come out here or, or do they actually feel like they're making a difference? Like they're, you know, I'm defending this car dealership, you know, and, you know, I'm helping my local citizens out. Some people, you know, they're praising him up. They're elevating him, saying that, well, he's doing what law enforcement should have done because law enforcement isn't protecting these business owners and protecting their, you know, their land. Right, they're standing down. Right. You know, like, in Portland, like, the EMTs weren't even going to come out there. Right. And tons of people were getting hurt and falling I, down. And I didn't really have a problem with him being out there. I had him, I had a problem with him being out there having a, a rifle at the age he is. You know, he's 17 years old. I know he was on a school night. Shouldn't he be, like, out with his family? Shouldn't he be, like, doing homework? I mean, why is he out there? And he's not even from that state. He, he crossed over. It was only 30 minutes away. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just pointing out the facts. So, you know, it, it didn't seem necessary for him to be out there with a the weapon, you know, and that, and he's underage as well. Even though it is legal to carry, I think um, as long as you're 16, you can have a rifle, I believe. You can um, for hunting purposes and stuff like that. Like I watched a whole lawyer break down this whole thing and. He should only have gotten, like, a misdemeanor charge, but he, I believe he was just charged today with first-degree murder. Which is crazy, because I've also seen videos, that's going to defend him now, where he was being attacked. He got hit with the skateboard twice in the back of his head. Yeah, and he people had people were chasing yelling him. in his face. Right. Um... Man, it's just a tricky situation. Yeah, and I mean, that brings the whole judgment of a 17-year-old in. Like, Yeah, you said his brain isn't he, fully de developed. He was hanging around at a Black Lives Matter protest with a crew full of guns. Of course they're going to antagonize you. Mm -hmm. Like, And he's very young, so he just doesn't have the maturity to handle the situation. I also saw a protest in Tallahassee where some Trump supporters... They barged into a BLM protest, and there's some conflict and some yelling, and this guy got really angry, and he whooped out his pistol, and he started aiming it at BLM supporters, and luckily there was cops there to detain the man, but this is getting absolutely it is. out of control, man. And in uh, Portland, they've been hunting down anyone with, like, Second Amendment hats or... Uh... Trump hats and just hunting them down, beating them. Uh, recently, Blue Lives Matter. Yeah, especially that was, that was it. It was the it was the guy in Portland who had a Blue Lives Matter um, hat, I believe, and he was walking down the street, and some BLM or Antifa supporters 
saw him and he got murdered in the street, killed in cold blood, you know, for nothing. That's crazy. And the thing that really gets me, and this brings the whole conspiracy of it on both sides, that there's a lot of plants in these movements. Absolutely. Like, a lot, so many white supremacist groups are run and funded by the FBI and the CIA and Black Lives Matters, funded by George Soros, at least the Act the blue. official corporation of Black Lives Matter, because Black Lives Matter and Antifa are both just philosophies. Right. They're a way of thinking. They're not like legitimate groups, even though yeah, you're right. Like some powerful people have incorporated them and made them into actual groups. You're absolutely right. But so, how many of these people are just basically paid actors or paid? You know, man. I, honestly, I don't know. But uh, what you're talking about, I've actually thought about. Like, it does seem staged in a way. Um, the death, or he's not even dead, but the guy who got shot in. Um, in Wisconsin, I can't think of his Jacob Jacob Blake. I felt like I've started thinking about some real crazy conspiracy stuff. Like he wanted to get shot. Um, what was I the felt story like he, with that? Didn't he tell the cops that he was going out to get a gun? Is that the same story? Because yeah. I'm starting to lose. There's so. I many. felt the way he was acting. Um, he wasn't scared at all. You know, the officers were trying to detain him. He wrestled them off. He told them he had a knife. Um, They were pointing the gun at him the whole time. He didn't seem scared or nervous. They tried to use the taser. The taser failed. He kept walking into his car like, like there was no repercussions to his action. Almost like as if he wanted to get shot. And I'm like, was this a plan all along? Because I noticed... Hmm. Things with BLM, the protests in Portland, things in Seattle, all of this stuff started dying down. The the later world coming into the summer, the story and the narrative started changing. We're talking about schools being re- reopened. They're talking about the surgeons and um, coronavirus and people getting affected. But the whole Black Lives Matter protest and all that, it was really starting to die down a lot. Yeah, and then... And now it's just, Portland boom, stuff. it just, it Ooh, came uh, again. It just came again. And... Remember a couple of weeks ago, the, the, the kid Cannon in North Carolina that was shot, and we talked about how that wasn't a big story at all, and it wasn't. And now Jacob Blake got shot and just blew up, and we, we both pointed that narrative out. Like, yeah, now you have the story, like, this brings in the whole race war idea. Like, they, they really want us to battle as hard as possible and divide us as further as possible before this election because it's going to be a huge one, man. And it is politicized yeah there was a story that came out and i did not read the details because it's just too gruesome to talk about but somewhere in the united states someone came into like this black guy came into the park Mm -hmm. and sliced off the head of an infant goodness sakes it i didn't even hear about that yeah uh, we'll we'll talk more details about it in the next episode but that's what a lot of people have been talking about like in the right wing area, but it's like it's not stuff that gets posted very much. And then you have these uh, uh, four guys that just got busted in Colorado, and they threw a uh, chlorine bomb at a police officer, and injured him heavily. 
and now they're all arrested. So wow. it's just straight up war right This now. is, like you said before, man, this is a, a little civil war that's going on. Um, yeah, it's real sad, man. I mean, we're not all lining up on the streets with guns, but it's, it's damn near close. Yes, know? yes. Just all mentally enslaved, man. This is tough. Real wars and and our spirits and our heart right now, like, and I believe both sides are are justified in a way. Like, we both want the same thing. We want happiness for our families, and you know, we want justice. Right. And I I see both sides. I really do. And I I have compassion for BLM. I have compassion for all these conservatives that are you know, afraid seeing their cities burn. Right. And that's another thing. Like, what's going to be the state of New York City and Seattle and Portland after all this is over? Is anyone going to want to come back? Like, right. Or is it just going to turn into, like, a lawless Mad Max situation? Like, yeah, which which it feels like we're headed to this somewhat of a dystopia. A lot of people have been pointing out the George Orswell Book of Orwell, 19, yeah. Orwell of nineteen eighty four. Like, oh, it's very and it's like close. it's lining up with twenty twenty and what's going on. That war is good and peace is bad and and all that and that and that's kind of feels like where we're headed right now, you know. But I sure think does. when when the election ends, the things will get really interesting. Then they will. I think it's gonna get really interesting, you know. I wonder what you think about this whole. QAnon thing, like, it's blowing my mind how many people are just, like, becoming subservient to the Trump administration and think Q. it's our savior. Like, it is just wild looking yeah. at some of these posts. Like, I cannot believe they're falling for this. These are the same people who were in the conspiracy movement saying that, you know, all politicians are bad, and now they're literally just sitting back and saying, Trust the plan. Just Trust the plan. Praising, praising Trump. Praising yeah, Trump. Yeah, it's that seems very contrived and, it, and guided to it me. It is. Yeah, I've I've tried to look into the Q stuff, and I'm just like, oh, this is just mumbo jumbo, man. They're just mashing your brains, man. It's it's simply for entertainment. Yeah, and it's uh, turning. It's being pulled by your heartstrings too, because it's all about this save our children thing, and they're like really honing in on this child trafficking thing, which is a real thing. Yeah, it is. But I I don't believe it's nearly the thing that they think it is. Right. And they're using that just to manipulate us into voting for Trump and using our heartstrings. It's a classic tactic, man. Yes, it is. It's just like the left is It's the same thing on both sides. The left is using the idea of you know, black people are being genocided in the streets and racism is on the rise. Neither one is as bad as is they it, seem. Yeah, right. If, They're if, taking everyone to the extreme. If we're looking at the hard facts, you know, times are, it's the best time to be alive. It's the best time to be a, a black person in America. You have more opportunities to live, work, uh, go to school, do whatever you want. Look at the hard facts. You know what I mean? So people will take things out of context and they only see what they want to see. A lot of times you only see what you want to see and you only want to hear what you want to hear. And that necessarily isn't always the truth. Right. Not the yeah. hardcore truth. Yeah. And the truth is they just came out with one of the latest polls and 
um, Trump has a 40% approval rating of the black community. Yeah. Like, almost every. So you're seeing the rise of, of black conservatives yeah. coming in this country. Um, yeah, it's, it's, people are, they're done, you know what I mean? And they want to see a real change. Um, I think that's why a lot of African-Americans are leaving the Libertarian Party because they've been, why, to me, why is a race of people committed to a, a party no matter who the candidate is? Like, I don't understand that. Did why, you mean the Democratic Party? Yeah, the Dem- okay. Democratic Party, yeah. Um, why, why has it always been that way? You know what I mean? The identity politics is just terrible, you know what I mean? Not able to think freely for who you want to vote for. Yeah, and I'm not sure if we mentioned this in one of the, the last podcasts, but, you know, it's in history that it was mainly African Americans that started the conservative party. Yep. And the Democrat party started the KKK. Yep. <laughs> that's like, and that's all made... facts. And uh, it's interesting to see how many people actually know stuff like that, or people actually know that Black Lives Matter is a, a somewhat of a Marxist organization. You know, what at I mean? least the incorporated part. Of it. Yeah, I don't think incorpor- everyone's a Marxist in there. Right. Sure, act like it a lot. Right. So, you know, before you start supporting things and wearing Jacob Blake and George Floyd on your T-shirts, you know, kind of see what these guys were about, man. You know, and especially those uh, the NBA players like all changing like the names on their jerseys yeah. to Black Lives Matter. Like these are some of the richest people in our country. Ninety percent of them are of African descent. Like mm-hmm. how are they oppressed? Exactly. It's it's symbolism, and the hypocrisy in it is that only twenty percent of the players are even eligible to vote or register to vote. You know, so. <laughs> It's it's kind of sad. You and know? my God, you know what's even more sad is like through this COVID thing, like have you turned on an NBA game recently? Yeah. They have cardboard cutouts and <laughs> la- like applause tracks. That is like some Truman Show type stuff. Right, I don't know right. It's like, it's, it's like we're being replaced. It's like we're being replaced and we're living in this cyber virtual world. Yeah, you know, man. like we've lost connection with actually talking to human beings and we're just talk to each other through a through a screen on a phone you communicate more with with uh with people online through messaging boards and uh in, vir- mm-hmm. in the virtual world than you do in person so we've de- dehumanized human beings we don't even see ourselves as human anymore so we could just go out there and just no. start killing each other because they have a different agenda than us and the whole symbolism of the mask and the six feet apart is like it's trippy it's just <laughs> i'm i'm wondering where they they came so up much. with the logic behind that that it has to be six feet i i kind of understand the mask thing before people were even more hardcore with it especially i saw a lot of old people they were wearing gloves they're wearing I gloves still see the gloves and the mask and, and I'm thinking spraying hand sanitizer all over. Everything. And then they had goggles and all kinds of stuff. They've kind of, the CDC's kind of gone back and forth with this. I'm trying so not to much. be too hard on them. I'm not like trying to put pressure on them, but I'd like for them to put information out that you know is just accurate and consistent. 
you know, because it was what in June that one of the head of the CDC's uh, female said that people that are asymptomatic, there's very rare cases of them transmitting the disease to other people. And we found out later that that's not true. If you're asymptomatic, you can still give it to other people. Mm-hmm. So they keep, keep contradicting themselves. Right. Constantly. And it's really scary as a parent right now because they are proposing a bill in New York State that I've read about that basically says that if they suspect that you have COVID-19 or any other major illness, they can take your kids from you Wow! and put them into either detention centers or That's hospitals. Crazy. That's absolutely Not to crazy. mention your other family members. And That's it hasn't wild. gone through, but that is... Dude, this is something hard. I've been talking about for at least 10 years, about these FEMA camps. Oh, I've yeah. heard about that. Everybody blew it up out of proportion, but I really think that something like that could happen with like a second wave, and they might not do it forcefully, but I think a, shit is going to get so crazy in this country that people are going to be like, please take me in to a center mm-hmm. so you I can be protected you, by the army. How do you feel like American people would respond to that? You think half of the population would, would listen and be subservient, or... Are they going to start grabbing their guns and and revolting against the system, become anarchists? I think try to over overthrow the government. I think that's where a real civil war could start. Is like one group being all about it. Like people are already shaming people for not wearing masks, for denying COVID, right. or at least they are not blowing it out of proportion. That's like such a shame. Now imagine if. You opted out to not get the vaccine, which is going to come mm-hmm. at warp speed, as you know Trump likes to say. Right, it, and and uh, Doctor Anthony Fauci said that it might only be sixty, fifty to sixty percent uh, effectable. You know, if, if yeah, you get no, it. it only needs to be for <laughs> us to push it through. <laughs> and. So there's going to be a whole nother shame of that. Like, why aren't you going to the detention centers and the hospitals for this? Why aren't you getting the test? And I think, you know, the right could be the new BLM when shit like that You're happens. right. You're right. I, I do see that. And, and I don't think they're going to do it forcefully. Like, no. I really don't. I think it's just going to be a matter of, like, pure shame. And, like, if you don't get the vaccine, which I don't plan on doing... Then you're going to be completely outed from society. Like if you look at the model that China has now with the social credit score system, mm-hmm. like if you don't do the right things or you say things that are, you know, against the government or questionable, then you lose points on your social credit score and you're not able to fly. You're not what? able to. You know, go on a train. I think that's, that's what wild. they're gonna do. They're gonna make it very um, difficult for you to opt out of it. Wow! And then we're gonna have to create our own little communities. Well, well, to me, it's it's a bad sign already. If they're paying you to get the the flu virus, the flu, flu vaccine, vaccine, yeah, give like you that's a-, a bad sign in itself because people aren't willing to take it on their own, feeling no. like they actually need it. The 
the fact that people are questioning it and they don't want to take it, there's a reason for that. If people felt like it was good and it was safe and it's a reliable thing, I wouldn't have any any problems, any qualms taking it. You know what I mean? I would take it, you know, willing. But now I've, I've just heard so many different crazy stories, you know, with um, autism and stuff like that, with vaccines and Bill Gates and all he's done across the world and people actually becoming sick and um, becoming mm-hmm. infected that we just don't trust the virus. No, and or we don't we don't trust the vaccines. I think a lot of us don't trust Fauci because if you look into his background, he was hugely behind the whole AIDS epidemic. Mm. He was one of the people responsible for AZT, which a lot of people theorize is actually what was killing a lot of the the homosexuals wow. back in the like the eighties and nineties. Okay, and that's huge, man. Like a lot of the gay community hates Fauci. Like he's a very evil. Mad scientist. Right, right. When did he become like the head figure, the head of honcho before all this? You know what I mean? Yeah, and if Trump is the freaking savior of the the universe and all about Q, why why is he let Fauci run this whole thing for nearly a year? Like that's True. absurd to me. True. That's why I'm not voting for him this time around. Like for, as much as I don't for, want Biden, for Trump. Yeah, I just. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's more moral, and this kind of goes to, you know, our Bible study last night. <laughs> like, nice. I was going to ask this question. Maybe it's more moral to not vote for the lesser of two evils, because why are we voting for evil in the first place? Yes, that's, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, I'm kind of, like, dead on with you and in, in your logic and your reason for that. Like, that kind of makes sense. And imagine if only 10% of the population voted, like, and that yeah. would be quite a sign. Yeah, that's, that's, that is that's a drastic sign. My whole thing is, like, there's certain things you do in life, right? And it can't, it's not really good or bad. There's, there's no result. It's just, and that's kind of like what voting would be like, you know what I mean? If you vote for Trump or Biden, it's not a good or a bad thing. You know what I mean? Right. It's just but, but it's trying neutral. To, yeah, it's neutral, but you're getting shamed for it. You're getting shamed for it. You're being pulled to a side, you know. And we definitely know where the media stands, where everything. Mm-hmm. And you almost get more shamed for voting third party for someone that you actually agree with more or think is more moral mm-hmm. because you're throwing your vote away. And I'm like. No, do you not, know about the electoral college? Exactly, there like is really, you, no popular vote. Yeah, your vote doesn't really influence as much as you think. There's so much, there's so much unknown, you know, about the whole voting system. Like, I just kind of stay away, and it's never really drawn to me. Like, I've never felt like I'm truly making an impact. Yeah, and with like city government and like county government and stuff, I really think we should be paying attention to that because it's a lot less whitewashed and you can actually make a difference in your community yeah. showing up to city council. Like that's important. That's what us younger Local people should government. be getting into. Cause it's mostly just like 50 year old Karens at city council, like yelling <laughs> at these people. Like it's, and that's something that actually impacts you personally. What's happening in your exactly. local government? You see what's happening in your own communities? Like that, you'll personally be affected by that. You know, 
it's it's harder to get younger people to to buy into that though you know it's hard to get young people to even vote and really pay attention to any of this stuff because i know when i was younger i really wasn't interested in, in politics you know but becoming older you know more self-aware you want to see you want to see this country headed in a good direction you do but the thing is like when you vote for someone you like their ideals and stuff like a lot of people loved trump's ideas or they loved obama's ideas but they failed to realize that there's an entire like culture and community around them that's trying to pull their strings all day long mm -hmm. and telling them different things and they really have no decision in the matter exactly they they just have the signature and sometimes they can speed a couple things along why do people keep believing that they'll do exactly what they the sell that they what they say they'll do if no president has ever fulfilled all their things they've said so why would they think any other president would do different exactly. that's something i completely understand like regardless of what they say or he's going to build a wall and he's going to do this and that i'm not believing wholeheartedly anything he says he might do half of what he's done or half of yeah, what he half says would be a really realistic yeah half would be a realistic number so when people get mad and blame obama and Bush or whoever, I'm like, you know, grow up a little bit. Like, <laughs> these people aren't who you think they are, and no one can, uh, no one can get it get it all done. You know, especially not in four years or eight years. No. You know what I mean? It's just not realistic. It's unrealistic expectations. You know what I mean? Exactly. Anything else? Uh, you wanted to touch in on? Did we touch on everything? Just Got about. Kenosha, yeah. the virus. That about wraps it up. That does. Yeah. All right. We'll Thank see you guys for, next time. for tuning in, and we'll be back with, uh, with an episode soon. Appreciate it. Love y'all.